the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I'm the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. I'm joined by cell phone again by Sage Bridges. Sage wasn't with us last week. Uh, some of the uh, timing didn't quite work out, but we had a, a good uh, good program with Stephen Hill. Who talked about gun rights. Now I've said on my I think I don't think I did it last week, but I've said online that I want to do a second uh, program on gun gun rights to answer some of the questions or gun control answer some of the questions that a lot of folks had out there and deal with that. And I want to get to that. But today, Sage is going to bring us a, a good lesson from Philippians 1, 27 to 30. But before we jump into that, Sage, what, well, you know, when we open up our browsers to the news or look on our cell phones and read the, the news, it is always about the division in politics, the division. And, of course, that bleeds over into uh, the rest of the country, the state level, the cities, and not just in D.C., but the whole and in the world, there's just division everywhere. It's like everywhere I turn and look at, there's division. What is going on? Why does this happen? You, you would think that we would recognize how much this is tearing us apart, then reasonable minds would sit down and talk it out, but we don't. Sage, what's going on? What does the Bible have to say about this sort of thing? You know, Chris, I, I I see the same things that you're seeing, and I uh, don't believe that I have all the answers. But you know, it uh, really is is something that's troubling, and of course, it's difficult to deal with because it, it's a very emotional thing. You know, uh, whenever you get in a political discussion, it seems like emotions run high. Uh, and you know what? <laughs> whenever we're whenever we're talking about this, I really believe that you know, especially as Christians, we have to go back to uh, what it is that, that's pleasing to God and what's not. Um, you know, it, it, regarding every aspect of our life, whether it's politics, whether it's, uh, you know, just our own personal affairs or whatever it might be, uh, if, if it's not pleasing to God, then we have to change something and we have to reevaluate, reevaluate what it is that we're doing. So uh, when it comes to, to politics, you know, the, the divisiveness, the, the division that, that seems to be everywhere, uh, you know, it seems like, what it is that goes through the world goes through the church, and you know the the church is divided over over political things, and uh, and it, you know because it's it's something that's affecting us spiritually. I believe it's a, a good productive conversation for us to have. Uh, yeah, you know, um, you, you you said something there that that sparked a memory for me. <clears throat> you, you're talking about you know it bleeds. It's in politics. It bleeds over into our lives, and of course we bring that with us into the church. And <clears throat> sometimes we call that baggage. I've always imagined this, what we do, as, uh, you know, we, com- we compartmentalize uh, things. 
Uh, what I mean is we, we think, well, you know what, I have my work, and I don't want my work to, to affect uh, my, my home life, so I want to compartmentalize work from my home life, and I want to compartmentalize my home life from uh, church life. And we think that we can shield things, uh, bad things, in that way, and we end up creating more rip because we don't allow Christianity into those other parts of our lives, but we bring our attitudes with us wherever we go. And no matter how hard we try, we do that, don't we? We bring down the same. Right. If you're, if I had a bad day at work, I promise when I get home, it, it might be a bad night at home. I don't know, but <laughs> because it, that <laughs> attitude, I got, I got to figure out how to deal with that. And I think that's what you're saying. We're not dealing with it, and when you don't deal with problems, they exasperate and they affect every part of our lives. And we bring them with us, and we want everyone to be on our side because. I'm right, and I'm not thinking about what God wants, like what you're saying. Is that am I hitting that right? Yeah, I, I believe you're, you're, we're going in the same direction there. And you know, whenever, whenever we're talking about something that's going to uh, cause us to have to change or to evaluate <clears throat> something that we're we're passionate about, uh, maybe even change our minds on on certain things, it's it's always going to be something that we maybe even have the tendency to run from, uh, to hide from it. And uh, and like what you said, we don't we don't. Take it, or we don't. Uh, we don't go head on with it because we, we realize that um, that go, actually making progress in this area is going to take a lot of work, and it's going to take a lot of uh, emotions and a lot of other struggles that come along with it. So, yeah, we, we we're not uh, <clears throat> we're not con- conducting ourselves in a, in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ, right? That's right. But and that's that's, less, right. that's just a perfect little walk in into Philippians one verse twenty seven. And if we could just do the things that Paul says here in 27 to 30, uh, act our age, uh, act out our identity that's in Christ, this would solve so many of our problems. So, Sage, uh, when we look at this passage, I know it's only four verses, but you know, I, I feel like it's just a plethora of information that, and, and a lot about unity within the body of Christ. This would, it is. This would if, <clears throat> instead of letting, letting the things of the world filter into the church, we need to be letting the things of the church filter into the world. And That's it right. starts right here. What kind of outline do you have uh, in, this, in this passage in Philippians 1, 27 to 30? Well, he, he starts out by talking about uh, the, the manner in which we conduct ourselves, and he says, uh, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Uh, and, and it's talking about you know conducting yourself in a in a manner that uh, that understands uh, what what is the gospel expects out of you now. Now that you are uh, a partaker of the gospel, the good news, uh, we have to work on self control, and, and and the only way that that's going to be done is through uh, a um, an understanding of unity and, and implementing unity into our spiritual lives. Uh, and, he, and, of course, he explains that in the verses to follow. Uh, but just starting out, I believe he, he talks about the, the need for us to uh, conduct ourselves in a certain way. Now that we're Christians, now that we obey the gospel, now that we uh, believe in the gospel, there's, there's a certain way that we ought to, uh, that we ought to live. And, and that's, uh, that needs to be known first and foremost before you, know, before you move on to what, what he has to say next. Yeah, and what I really like in the in this passage, that word "conduct" there, only conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. It, it's an interesting word 
because literally, even though it doesn't work this way in the English way uh, uh, written out in the New American Standard, what he's literally saying is that we need to perform our duties as citizens worthy of the gospel right. of Christ. And, and that's, that's it. If I view myself as an American citizen, and I'm going to, of course, have certain views and conduct myself a certain way as an American, I don't, you know, that's not conducive to the things of Christ and bringing that into the body of Christ. Because that, that's not what God's looking for. He's looking for those who are going to be members of his son. And we, need, we forget that we died to self and that we live for Christ. I'm no longer a citizen of America. I'm a citizen of heaven. Mm-hmm. And I want to be an ambassador for Christ. And therefore, I should walk worthy of that, conduct myself worthy of that, to be and recognize that citizenship. Um, I think that, even though I don't like this translation too much, but the new literal translation has it like this there. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Man, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. And that's Paul's plea to the Philippians and to us. Remember who you are. I mean, it's like what I was saying earlier about, you know, you come home from work and, and you're angry about things at work and sometimes we might take it out on the wife, maybe we take it out on the kids, take it out on the dog, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we for, it, what we need to do is remember who we are. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I, I better mm-hmm. remember that before I go in there. And sometimes when I'm frustrated about things going on uh, here in the office, and my, I'm a, being a minister or things going on, I'm, I'm stressed out. Before I go home, I get up and I'll take a walk outside and I'll walk around. I'll say a prayer, calm myself down before I go home so I don't affect my family life with the stresses. Because I know it, it will. All right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that's to right. monopolize that a little bit there, but go, go ahead. What, what do you got no, next there No, that's okay. Us? You know, a, a part of who we are, Chris, uh, and he, like I said, continues to explain this, uh, but a part of who we are is we are a group of people who are now unified uh, towards one purpose. And he starts to describe that there uh, in, later on in verse 27, where he says, uh, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. And he's talking about, you know, the, the conduct part, or, or at least the, uh, the practical part of, of unity, meaning, you know, kind of more focused on just, just getting along part of, part of the, part of the unity. Uh, is that now that, now that you guys are, are unified in this way, now that you are, uh, striving towards one purpose, you need to work on, on simply just getting along. <laughs> you know, it, it seems, uh, it seems rudimentary when you put it that way, but that's, that's a big part of, of who we are now is we're a group of people that have been unified and now it's expected of us just to just to get along yep. um, i don't know if you have any thought more thoughts on that chris <clears throat> well i like that i like that opening you know, I, I i use the new american standard and he says after you know telling them to conduct themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of christ so that whether i come and see you or remain absent i will hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. And I like that, you know, standing firm. That, that goes along with it in one spirit. Spirit being the mind and heart of the person, that we are all mm-hmm. in, in, in agreement there toward the things of the gospel, as he clarifies there at the end of that verse. And <clears throat> I like what uh, I heard a teacher say this once, so it's not mine, but I liked it. It's very simple, but it's true. He said, 
when it comes to standing firm and, and striving together, remember the postage stamp. The postage stamp. And when he, when he first said that, I thought, what? Where is this guy going with this? And he says, it sticks to one thing until the job is done. And that's the gospel in our case. And that's true. There's, it is, people love the gospel when they hear about their sins being washed away and the church is going to help us out. But as soon as there's any bumps in the road or it becomes difficult, well, then they don't want to be part of that anymore. When it costs them something. And it, it, the gospel is going to cost us something, won't it? It's going to cost us everything. Yep. And so we got to work together, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Very good. All right. What, what else we got? We got uh, plenty of time. Let's go to the next uh, verse, verse 28. You want to read uh, that one for us? It says, And not frightened in anything by your opponent. Uh, this is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. So talking about uh, talking about this, um, you know, when he's, he's, he starts to uh, address their, their opponents there, uh, and, you know, how it says how this is a clear sign to of their destruction, but of your salvation. Uh, you know, in, in dealing with your opponents and, and kind of noticing that contrast there, um, you know, destruction versus salvation, uh, and trying to understand why it is that we're, we're striving towards this unity, um, you know, bringing up their salvation. And of course, whenever the, the, the writers bring up our salvation, it, it, it should immediately catch our attention, talking about the, the fact that, that these things, these matters, these, uh, these day-to-day uh, things that get in the way or may even uh, disrupt our unity affect our, our salvation. You know, a, a question that pops in my mind uh, from verse 28 is, in no way alarmed by your opponents, the New American Center, alarm, you know, I would think, why would you be alarmed by your opponent? What, what is it that they could say or do? If you have the right perspective and you fully understand, you know, where you're going about salvation. And I think that's what it is. Kind of like, a, is it, a, you know, Peter, who talks about Satan roaming around like a roaring lion. How scary would it be if you were walking around out there in Africa and all of a sudden you hear this deafening roar right behind you? How scared would you be? How alarmed would you be? Man, That's right. I'd be scared. because there, And the reason why is there's a lion out there who wants to eat me. And I don't see any safety for myself anywhere. So it scares you. And Paul's telling them, don't be alarmed. And you won't be. If you know and remember who you are. <clears throat> Whenever I watch, I love movies. And uh, I remember since a few times, I, would, I don't watch too many, but sometimes I would watch a, a, a scary movie or horror flick. And it could be, boy, it would be scary. When I, especially when I was in my teenage years, I'd be so scared. But after I watch it the first time, I'm not nearly scared the second time. You know Why? I already know what's going to happen. If you know what's That's going right. to happen, it, you're not alarmed. If you know God's going to give you salvation and bring you home, your opponents cannot alarm you. We're going to kill you if you don't you know, stop worship, uh, speaking in the name of Jesus. 
Well, I'm not worried about that. It's a sign of destruction for you, salvation for me. And Paul's going to get to that later. You know, whether I, if I die, it's gain. But if I live, it's profitable for you. So, and, that, and so he's, yeah. I think he's hinting at that there. But, yeah, you know, I like that, that part there, verse 28. Go that's ahead. An interesting, it's an interesting way that, that Paul puts it. You know, he says that it's a sign to them of their destruction, meaning they should know and understand that if they're going against the gospel, then, then that, is, that, that should clearly say to them that they're going towards destruction, but it also to the Christians should bring that same understanding. Yeah. And then, you know, and sometimes, like you said, like when we get a, we get a, when we become afraid of our opponents, uh, you know, that can be intimidating at, at first when we're not really thinking about it. But when we look at the bigger picture and we see, okay, that our opponents are working against the gospel of Christ, uh, that's, that's only going to bring about their destruction. Even though they may be able to, to maybe, you know, remove our, our fleshly life or they may be able to hurt us in a fleshly way. The only thing that's going to bring about, uh, as far as the end result, is their destruction, and it's going to bring about our salvation if we are, in fact, uh, striving uh, with one mind side by side for the for the gospel's sake, Yeah, uh, for the faith of the gospel. Yeah, if you don't mind, I, I want to talk about that word sign also. What, what, mm-hmm. is, what is a sign? You know, when you're driving down the road and you see a stop sign, it's information. It doesn't force you to stop, but it's a sign to let you know what you ought to do. It's informational. Here's or here's what's coming right. up ahead. And so when he says, "In no way alarmed by your opponents," now that alarmed by your opponents, that is whatever it is they're doing to you, that should be a sign to you. And that sign is going to give you some information if you know who you are. And here's the information it's going to mm-hmm. give you. Number one, it's destruction for them. And it's a sign of salvation for you. How is that a sign of salvation for me? Jesus told his disciples, if they hated me, the world, they will hate you. This is a sign that you're probably on the right track. Because the world hates what you're doing. (laughs) And they're trying to stop it and silence you. They're trying to suppress the truth. It's a sign for you. Keep on keeping on for the Lord. All right, let's, let's go on to verse 29. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. And and I'll just go ahead and read verse 30. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. So he starts out in verse 29, he says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer suffer for his sake and you know kind of focusing on that that last phrase talking about suffering uh, you know that's that's really uh, a, a product of of true unity that you know sometimes we we think okay we want to be unified we want to uh, we want to bring that about but we try to accomplish that goal without any any suffering without any and without really giving up anything or putting any hard work that they may cause us to suffer. Uh, but what he's saying here is that you, that, that suffering is going to be a part of it. Suffering is going to be a part of you accomplishing the goal uh, that, that God has put in front of you for, for the sake of the gospel. Uh, and it's really something that's unavoidable. Absolutely. Now, when Paul says experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me, 
Now, that sounds like two separate things going on there, two separate occasions, right? Am I, am I right about mm-hmm. that? What's that mm-hmm. same conflict that they saw in Paul? Oh, well, just talking about him, uh, uh, just talking about his suffering. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Over the, some specific uh, yeah, no, no, over there in, in the book of Acts, remember when he came to, to Philippi to preach the gospel? And then he got arrested, thrown in jail, right. and lashed. Yep. They saw these things happen. They witnessed this. They know what he went through for what? For the sake of Christ. He suffered. And now they're hearing about it. He, he, he got arrested because he's preaching Christ. These are his opponents. And Paul's letting them know, I'm not alarmed. I know who I am. I re- I've read the sign, and I know I'm, I'm on the right road going to the right destination. I'm going to keep on keeping mm-hmm. on. You remember that, Philippian? Philippi, you, you've seen that, and, that, and you, now you're hearing about it. And I'm letting you know, don't worry. We're all going in the same direction. I have... Another, I, I like this. I think it's a great illustration. I don't know if everybody would agree with this, but I like it. <laughs> you know um, <clears throat> that movie, The Lion King? They just re-released it as a, they call it live action, but it's really just, it's animated, but it looks real. Have you, have you seen the new one? I have not. I went and saw it the other day, and I, I'll admit, it is a spectacle to see. It looks so real. I mean, the, everything. And that was my only beef that I had with the movie was that it was the, the animals were so real, there was no emotional um, look on their faces of, of what, what they were saying. It didn't, so I had a hard time connecting that. But they looked real. I couldn't believe how real it was uh, looking. It was amazing. But there's this... What, if you haven't seen the story, you got that, that little boy lion, Simba. And he grew up... Have you ever seen the original Lion King? Sage? I have. It's been okay, a good. long time. It's probably been more than a decade. So, so Simba, he's the, the young lion, remember? And uh, he yep. was supposed to be king. Uh, mm-hmm. But he had, he had to run away from home after that devastating loss of his dad. But but when he had heard, after he grew up in another place, he'd heard about the trouble back in his homeland. And uh, his girlfriend came back, told him about what it. He wanted to return. He wanted to help. But he was reluctant. He felt defeated. He thought, I'm not the right guy. And so he was suffering this kind of uh, identity crisis. And I remember in the movie, he, he was walking along thinking about it when the, uh, I think it's Rafki or Rafki, the, the baboon, comes along and he's singing this song, acting silly, kind of gibberish. And Simba says, who are you? And this baboon replies, he says, the question is not who am I, the question is who are you? And Simba mm-hmm. said, well, I thought I knew, but... I'm not so sure. And so this baboon starts singing this gibberish song again until finally Simba asks, what does that song mean? And the baboon says, well, it means you're a baboon and I'm not. So Simba gets a little frustrated. He says, I think you're a little confused. So the baboon corrected him. He says, no, I'm not the one who is confused. You don't even know who you are. And so Simba asks, I suppose you know. He said, I sure do. You're Mufasa's boy. And it got him to remember who he was, the son of a king. And we need to remember who we are. We're sons and daughters of the king 
Who's got our back? God does. Christ. Don't forget it. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of that good news of Christ. He suffered for our sake so that we can have a home with Him. But we live in a world that's got is constantly trying to distract us and pull us away, but we should not be alarmed by that. Read the signs and remember who we are. And uh, that's, what I think, what Paul is trying to get at here in this passage. You got anything else on that? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, I think what you said pretty pretty much sums it up. Uh, I just, you know, I believe that Paul is trying to get them to, to see how important uh, it is for them to to get through whatever it is that's getting in their way for them to to really get themselves uh, out of their picture, their own their own interests, out of the way of what's uh, what's ultimately the goal and what should be the focus of their their Christianity, and, and that's really the only way that, that they're going to be unified. Uh, and, you know, and remembering who they are, remembering why it is that they are together, why it is that they're a people, and, you know, remembering that they're citizens of heaven, first and foremost, uh, and hopefully allowing that to uh, keep them from, you know, from losing their, their self-control. Absolutely. Keep them from losing their manner of life. Yeah, and it's the gospel that unifies us. The gospel does. The word. Uh, I've used this illustration before. I'll use it again here. You know, when a basketball team in New York, I'll say they're a high school basketball team in New York, plays a high or college in college, and plays another college basketball team in California, and none of mm-hmm. these players know each other, but they can come together on one night without ever getting together prior and play a basketball game, and everyone follows the same rules and they play together without any mishaps or anything how is that even possible they're all following the same rule book and if Mm -hmm. we are following the same book and we're all striving to do God's will and not our own we'll be unified there's division in our country because we all claim to be wanting to get the same thing and we're just trying to get there in different. No, we're, there, there's one group who wants to take the country one direction, completely different, and one group that wants to keep the country where it has always been. And therefore, there's division. And the same thing happens in the church. Well, I think we should let homosexuals in, or I think women should preach because I've, that's what's going on in the world, and, and everyone else is accepting it. And just like Israel, when they saw all the nations around them, oh, they got a king. We want a king. We want to be just like the nations around us. We need to remember who we are and make the most of every opportunity set before us. And here I am, over time again. Sorry, Ramon, over there at the radio station. We'll do better next time. Sage, thanks for joining with us again. Thanks for your insights on that passage. Folks, take care, and may the Lord bless you in your endeavors to be like This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.